Pass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode, we're going to talk about how you bounce back from beef, where the Blazers stand with two games left at Disney World, and why we probably should have seen the Blazers' dicey weekend coming on Thursday night. But let's start with the beef. Folks, millennials are mad at each other on the internet. I'm a millennial myself. I've gotten mad at people on the internet before. I know how it goes. Uh, But I don't make a ton of money, and I don't have tens of thousands of followers to watch me beef. But you know who does? Your boy Damian Lillard. Let us rewind to Saturday. Down one. Dame drives left. Gets a foul call. Eh, maybe even a generous foul call at that, but earns a foul call. That's what superstars do. He's a superstar. Gets his foul call against Rodney Magruder and steps to the line with a chance to give the Blazers a lead in the waning seconds of the game. An 88% free throw shooter. One of the most clutch players in the league. And someone who, prior to this moment, was 12 of 13 with a chance to, in a tie game, or a chance to take the lead in the final 30 seconds of the fourth quarter in overtime in his career. Dude just doesn't miss many important free throws, and yet, here he was, clang, first one comes up short. And from the Clippers bench, Patrick Beverly, who didn't play in the game, made sure he knew about it. You know who else made sure he knew about it? Paul George, who was benched down the stretch because the Clippers were more interested in staying healthy than guaranteeing a win. But here's the thing. Damian Lillard missed the second free throw. They got their win. And that's when the beef started. This was the origin of the beef. After the game, Damian Lillard was asked about uh, Paul George and Pat Bev, particularly Pat Bev, because he was shown on TV a bunch, uh, talking smack to him during that experience. This is one of the beauties of having no fans in there. The only people you can hear is Patrick Beverly, a man who quite literally made his NBA career by being annoying to his peers. Talk crap. Talk smack. Be annoying. Do what he does. Expand his core competencies. Couldn't play defense. Still could talk crap. The man is a legend. So Dame gets asked about it in the post-game interviews, and he says basically that I sent Patrick Beverly home in 2014, my second year in the league. I sent Paul George home last year. So them talking shit to me is just proof that they know what I can do and that what they expect me to do. So the games end, the interviews end, and the millennials go back to their hotel rooms at Disney World and get on Instagram because what else are you going to do? Except play around on your phones. Even if you weren't in quarantine, you probably just hang and playing around on your phones after the game. That's a normal NBA thing to do. And Patrick Beverly posts on the Bleacher Report, like a highlight from the game, the post about the game on Bleacher Report's Instagram, and says, one, two, three, Cancun. Oh, my gracious. He's talking about sending the Blazers home. They're going on vacation. I don't think, I mean, you can go to Cancun. The Mexican land border is open. You can go down there. Uh, I guess you can only go to Cancun, though. So very well specific insult by Pat, Pat Bev. Then Paul George got in there and said, and you getting sent home this year, crying laughing face, respect. Oh, gracious, there is beef. The beef is there. Damian Lillard responds in the same Instagram thread and says, keep switching teams, running from the grind, you boys as chumps. And that, folks, is beef. 
It's kind of low-key beef, um, but it's more beef than maybe Dame t- typically gets into publicly. Uh, it's entertaining nonetheless. It's it's It plays well for the uh, melodrama of the NBA. I think a lot, a lot of the reasons that you and I enjoy the league is because it has these little dramatic moments, these little... Uh, these these funny little storylines off the court, but there's real beef. And quite frankly, I know why Dame's mad. He missed two free throws and put the Blazers in a bad spot. They had a chance to claim the eighth seed if they win that game, and instead they lose, and they lose to a Clippers team that was playing Landry Shamit, Rodney Magruder, and Marcus Morris down the stretch. These are not stars. Kawhi Leonard didn't play in that game. Like I said, Paul George got yanked with about five or six minutes left, and the Blazers up five. Patrick Beverly didn't play. Montrezl Harrell's not with the Clippers right now. He's dealing with a family issue and has not rejoined the team in Orlando. So the 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 relatively shorthanded Clippers, I'd say just straight-up shorthanded Clippers, I don't need to couch it, beat the Blazers. Terrible loss for the Blazers. Their, their first truly bad loss in Orlando. Troubling loss on, for a variety of levels. And, and Dame was at the heart of it. But here's the good and the bad news. They had to turn around and play the very next day, 24 hours later. Basically, 24 hours from the beef. The beef started at about 3 p.m. West Coast time. Their tip-off, 3.30 p.m. the next day. Beef. Still here. So, what does Dame do to respond to the beef? Scores 51 points against the Philadelphia 76ers, who were also without most of their big guns. Ben Simmons out probably for the remainder of the playoffs. Joel Embiid got hurt very early in this one and left the game. But Damian Lillard... Came out hot, stayed hot, scored 51. Down the stretch, the Blazers, we'll talk about this more in the third segment, but down five with five and a half minutes left, under six minutes left after Josh Richardson hit a three. And Damian Lillard from that point forward, the last five and a half minutes, and his team trailing by five points, scored 15. 15 in the final five minutes to send them home. Blazers needed every, or to bring them home, I should say. Blazers needed every bit of it. So we don't do recaps on this podcast. I'm not going to recap this game. I'll talk a little about it in the third segment. But what I want to I want to recap the beef some more. We recap beefs. We don't recap basketball games. Damon Lord did send Patrick Beverly home in 2014. He had a the shot with 0.9 seconds left to beat the Houston Rockets. Damon Lord indeed did send Paul George home last year when he drilled a 37 footer, an iconic shot, right over Paul George. To to beat OKC in Game Five of the first round of the playoffs last year. But I would like to push back a little bit about a, something that is circulating in Blazerland. I think on the Blazers broadcast today in the game I watched that they really wanted to say that like Dame was the mature one here and he was and he always is so level-headed and these other guys are bringing the beef to him and yeah, I think the 1 2 3 Cancun thing is pretty is pretty low. It's funny though. It's funny. I, I like it. Um I'll be honest, it's funny to me. Um I think Paul George saying you're going to get sent home is maybe with a cry laughing emoji is a little unnecessary, but Let's be clear who started the beef. Damian Lillard's bringing up his past. Damian Lillard holding the receipts out is is where the beef really started. People are going to talk shit from the bench. That is not that that's going to happen. The, I mean, the, the arena is empty. The these games are relatively meaningful. They're going to get very meaningful here in the next week or so. Um, so. Like, people are going to be talking smack from the bench. Get, get ready for it. That's It happens in, in the games when there's 20,000 fans. It's certainly going to happen in the game when there's, you know, 45 people in the arena or whatever it is. So, 
you know, a dude yelling under his mask on the bench is not the beginning of the beef. But if you bring up the receipts about how you clowned someone in the past in a post-game interview, even if you do it eloquently and truthfully, you are inviting the beef. Dame stoked the fires. He got the smoke that he wanted. And then he responded by scoring 51 and keeping the Blazers' playoff hopes alive. I don't think that that he... He needed this this sort of external motivation. Um, I think missing the free throws, regardless of how anyone on the other team would have reacted, losing the game, even if he didn't miss the free throws, would have caused him to go hard in in, in the follow up game. Uh, he understands what's at stake. He's the Blazers' best player. He takes a lot of responsibility for the outcomes of the game, regardless of the beef. But the beef was fun and undeniable, and the beef gives us a storyline, a narrative, should the Blazers go in a little bit of run of what started it. Don't yell at Dame behind your mask, or he might go nuts and score 51, including 15 in the final five minutes, to bring his team to the win. But the idea that Dame didn't start the beef's wild. Dame started the beef, he started the beef on camera on like a nationally televised interview. And for that, I respect him. Second segment, let's come back and talk about the standings. The Blazers lost a game on Saturday. That was a big deal. They won a game on Sunday. That's a big deal. There's two games left in the bubble. So where the hell is everyone? Who's in? Who's out? That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about the good folks over at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. And luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. Here's what they got. They got CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. But that's not all they've got. They got CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica, Vitamin B, and Vitamin B6 to give you the support you need when it, where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners, that's you, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com with the promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right. So we talked about the beef. Dame had beef. I don't know if he settled the beef, but he, he addressed the beef. He created the beef, and then he scored 51 points and kept the Blazers alive. I don't know if the beef had anything to do with that, but I know that that is the narrative we will run with should he continue to play well. And the beef was fun. The beef is entertaining, okay? And that's that's the most important takeaway from segment one. But we're not talking about the beef here in segment two. We're talking about the NBA standings. With the Blazers win today and losses by the Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings, they gone. New Orleans, the favorites coming into the bubble. They gone. They're not making the playoffs. They're going home. They're eliminated. The Sacramento Kings, who were tied with the Blazers, three and a half games back of Memphis coming in, technically behind them by percentage points, but three and a half games back of Memphis coming into the bubble. They gone. Sacramento Kings, they kind of did the thing the Kangs be doing, which is play bad. And they played bad in the bubble, and now they're going home. And that leaves us with And that leaves us with four teams, 
fighting for two and then one spot with two games remaining at Disney World. I've been trying not to say bubble, but I keep saying it, so we're just going to roll with it, y'all. Here's what it looks like. As I record this on Sunday evening, the Memphis Grizzlies still stand here in eighth place, a half game ahead of the Portland Trailblazers. That's why Saturday's loss was so troubling. You're up five with five minutes left. You're playing with a te- against a team. Maybe I, I think it would be a misnomer to say that the Los Angeles Clippers did not want to win. Doc Rivers took timeouts. He made offense for defense substitutions. He did the things that you do when you're trying to win a basketball game. He just did it without his starters on the court. They were certainly trying to win, but they weren't going to expense their best players to do so. If the Blazers had won that game and won on Sunday, they'd be in eighth place right now. But they're not. They're a half game back of Memphis in ninth place. There will be a play-in game in the West. That's what this means. There is no distance that the Blazers could get, even if they were to lose both of their games and the Grizzlies were to win both of their games. They would still be, uh, obviously maybe the other teams we're going to talk about in a second would be involved here, but there will be a play-in game in the West. Grizzlies have, have guaranteed it by their records to this point. The Blazers, by winning, have, have winning on Sunday, have forced it. We will have a play-in game to decide it. And the other two teams that are hanging around... The San Antonio Spurs, yes, those Spurs who never die, just a half game back of the Blazers. The Spurs just keep on keeping on. I was on Locked on Spurs prior to the uh, seeding games beginning, and Jeff Garcia, the host of Locked on Spurs, asked me, would you be surprised if the San Antonio Spurs made the playoffs? And the implication was that the Spurs always do this. They're zombies. You can't kill them. Even if you kill them, their undead corpse will make the playoffs for 25 consecutive seasons. It's what they do. Even when you count them out, they're good. And I said, you know what, dude? I'd be shocked. Because the Spurs don't have enough talent. LaMarcus Aldridge isn't there. His presumed backup, Trey Lyles, isn't going to go. They just don't have, they don't have it. And what do the Spurs do? They rip off wins against New Orleans, Utah, and Memphis, and put themselves within perfect striking distance of a play-in game, and quite frankly, within striking distance of 8th place. Just a half game back of the Blazers in 10th. Of course, of course, I finally had officially counted out the Spurs. They finally just didn't have enough talent, and of course they're here. Derek White's been balling. Lonnie Walker does a bunch of good stuff. Keldon Johnson, someone you've maybe never heard of, has been really solid. Rudy Gay, still really good. And DeMar DeRozan playing like a star, scoring big buckets when they need him down the stretch. Spurs won't go away. Just a half game back of the Blazers. Still very much in the hunt. With a couple games left. And the last team still in the hunt. Ah yes, the undefeated Phoenix Suns. Phoenix just, they won't lose. They beat the Mavs. They beat the Clippers in a game that the Clippers were trying to win. Very much trying to win. Devin Booker hits a fall away. Very tough 17-footer over Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Suns beat the Pacers. Suns beat the Heat. And on Monday, they play the Oklahoma City Thunder in a very curious game. Because the Oklahoma City Thunder right now are in fourth, or excuse me, in fifth. 
and they would be playing the fourth place Houston Rockets. So there might be real incentive, not for the Thunder just to rest guys, but to like actively lose and get into six so they play Denver in the first round and not Houston. That I might be thinking too much into that, but I think that's like I'd say sort of like consensus in the the in the sort of NBA media world right now is that Houston looks like a like legitimately very dangerous team. And maybe Denver doesn't look that way. They've had they have real health problems, they have real depth problems. They just haven't had their whole roster um for an extended period of time. So um their OKC might need to like just straight up straight up lose. Phoenix could be looking at they could be by Monday afternoon, also just a half game back of the Blazers. They sit a game back now as it stands, 5-0 and in, in Orlando. They've been really good. And I there was a great article in ESPN today that basically uh, quoted Suns coach Monty Williams saying, like, I don't know why we've been so good. Like, I don't have an explanation for it. And he, he goes on to say in the quote, like, I could give you some coach speak answer, but that would just that just wouldn't be true. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, and, and I, I love the honesty that's basically like, listen, we try to do things the right way. We feel like we coach these guys up well, but when you go five and zero in a situation like this, there isn't an easy explanation. I love the honesty. I love the realness. I love Monty Williams, always rooting for him. Great dude. But that's where the Blazers stand. They had a chance to claim eighth place on their own, but instead they're in ninth a half game back of Memphis, a half game up on San Antonio, and a game ahead of the 11th place Suns. Pelicans and Kangs, they're gone. And now there's four teams chasing eighth. There's going to be a play-in game. Uh, just a reminder, the play-in scenario is basically, if you're within, it's not basically, the play-in scenario is that if you're within four games of, if you're in ninth place, within four games of eighth, you get a play-in scenario. If you're ninth, you have to beat the eighth place team twice the eighth place team would only have to beat you once the winner gets the lakers in the first round of the playoffs we're gonna have a play-in game it's gonna be fun uh these the end of this week in in um orlando has been a little bit strange because teams have been resting players and you'd think that that would play in well to the what the blazers are trying to do but as they we saw on saturday and again on sunday even players without their best even teams without their best players have given the Blazers some troubles, and that's what I want to talk about in the third segment. You probably should have seen this coming. The Blazers hinted at it last week. Probably should have known it was coming. That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. Before we get there, I want to tell y'all about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been selling auto parts online for 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything you need. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate helps you quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose for the brands, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. And best of all, rockauto.com always has reliably low prices that are the same for professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Don't do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. 
amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Talked about the beef. Now Dame bounced back from the beef in the first segment. Talked about the standings heading into the final two games for the Blazers, who play the Dallas Mavericks, very likely to be resting everyone, and the Brooklyn Nets, who really don't have anyone left to rest. So that should bode well for the Blazers, right? A playoff-level team that doesn't have much incentive to win that's going to rest its top guys, and a team with a playoff seed shored up who came into Orlando with an already depleted roster and doesn't have a ton of incentive to get a relatively meaningless win. But that hasn't really proved to be the case so far for the Blazers. The Clippers game, the offense totally stalled out down the stretch. As the Clippers just did the simple thing where they sent two guys to Dame and then two guys to CJ and said, well, let other people beat you. And the Blazers, instead of being smart about that, they got Yusuf Nurkic the ball in some places where he couldn't make decisions very well. Carmelo Anthony and Gary Trent Jr. both missed makeable shots, and the offense stalled out into just standing around. That was crunch time against the Clippers, but just by sort of being in crunch time kind of proves what the Blazers' problem is, is that they just can't stop anyone right now. Their defense just stinks, and it doesn't matter if Paul George is on the court or if it's Marcus Morris or Ivica Zubak. If you are someone who can get buckets, you can get buckets against the Blazers. They are very generous right now, and it just doesn't matter. On Sunday against the Philadelphia 76ers, Josh Richardson scored 32 points, hit 6 of 10 threes, a couple of them where he just kind of danced his way into getting comfortable and then took shots he can make. Alec Burks came off the bench and was effective down the stretch they went small just like the Clippers went small spread the Blazers out used their speed took advantage of what they do well now the Blazers are playing without Hassan Whiteside a a solid defender a giant person someone who can really help the back line with the second unit but he is not the explanation for why their defense is so bad their their defense is bad with the starters on the court Defense is bad with the bench on the court. It doesn't matter. Certainly playing more minutes with Mario Hazonia and Anthony Simons and Wenyan Gabriel, who have all seen time in the last two games, playing more minutes with them on the floor makes the Blazers a little bit worse. Probably definitely makes them worse on defense. Makes them a little worse on offense for sure. But Hassan Whiteside's absence doesn't explain this problem. Because even if you go back to that Denver Nuggets game, we should have seen this coming. The Blazers could not put the Nuggets away down the stretch when P.J. Dozier was running pick and roll. And this wasn't transition stuff, like maybe something you'd expect from a team that plays uh, relatively big and starts coming out at small forward, just like their transition defense isn't good because they're slow. The Nuggets beat this team in the half court, kind of lit them up in the half court, and they won the game because Dame was fantastic on offense and Gary Trent Jr. was fantastic. But that should have been the thing that we saw coming. I wrote after that game for NBC Sports Northwest that the Blazers' flaws were on display, but style points don't really matter. Well, it was more of a hint at what might be ahead for this team. A defense that has just totally lost it. And maybe 
maybe a team that starts Damian Lowe and CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony at the 1, 2, and 3 is never going to be good on defense, but they're just really awful right now. And it's proof because no matter who seems to wear a uniform for the other team, Ben Simmons on the bench, Joel Embiid on the bench, Kawhi Leonard on the bench, Paul George on the bench, those other guys seem to be able to get buckets. And it's not just three-point shooting. I think it's like everyone wants to point to their three-point defense. It's all of the defense. It's getting lost in transition defense. It's scrambling in defensive recovery. And it's just not putting enough pressure on the point of attack. So guys get to the rim or against the Clippers, it's just a couple stupid fouls. CJ McCollum commits an away from the play foul and then a totally unnecessary and one and just a couple chances to give, to give, breathe life into teams. When the Blazers can make a mistake on defense, they've done it. Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic could prop up their defense in theory, but there's only so many holes they can plug. And right now it's clear that there are too many holes even for them. Gary Trent Jr. is a, is a dogged on-ball defender, but he's not the type of like Draymond Green team defender to drag up four underachieving players next to him or even three on the wing with him. We should have seen this coming against the Denver Nuggets. The Blazers' defense looked terrible against us, what was essentially a G League team. Didn't stop down the stretch against the Clippers, although that, that was more about the Blazers' offense totally stalling out against a well-coached, smart Clippers team. And then against the Sixers, the Blazers found themselves down five with five minutes left because they absolutely could not stop a spread attack from Philadelphia. It's why, regardless of who plays for the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday, the Blazers could be in trouble. And no matter what happens and who is on the court for the Brooklyn Nets, could be trouble there too, because the Blazers have obvious flaws. Dame is fantastic, one of the great offensive talents that's certainly ever worn a Blazers jersey, and one of the great offensive talents of the last 20 years. A really special player. But he's not an elite defensive player, and he's playing on a team that is a just straight-up bad defensive team right now. We kind of had hints of it the week before, but the Blazers played so well against Houston, it was you were able to write it off. Even after that game, I thought, Blazers got a little bit lucky. Houston missed some shots they could make, missed a couple layups, missed some wide-open threes. Blazers won a close game, but that was they played so well and so smart that it was hard to criticize them there. Against Denver, they just they escaped a game where their offense carried them, and it said, you know what? It happens. Sometimes you play an undermanned team, and, and, and you just figure out a way. But then after this weekend, a weekend where they could have seized control of their own destiny and didn't, you start to think, man, this team has issues. And that's where I'm at now. I think this team has real obvious flaws. They've got Dame, so they've got a chance. He's riding that sweet, sweet beef narrative and maybe going to push them into the playoffs. But it's impossible to watch this team play its first six games in Orlando and think that they are a high-level playoff team. They're really bad at one of the sides of the ball. And it's hard to win in the playoffs if you can't stop anyone. We had hints of this last week. We got a lot of evidence of it now. This is just the reality. This team is talented enough to be a handful in a playoff series, but also flawed enough to lose both of these final games in the bubble. So that's why we'll have to watch. We'll have to record a podcast after them. 
I'll have shows after both. We got Mailbag Monday coming up tomorrow. You can send me questions at Mike G. Rich or LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com to get involved there. That's going to do it for today's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can listen wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.